find fun things to do and see And all that's on the scene From festivals to museums Not very far from Disneyland You can bet that Nick knows what's around So Cal this weekend is hopping With Nick Pagliocchini So tell us what's doing What should we go do and see This weekend is jumping With Nick Pagliocchini For now there is no plan So Nick, tell us all you can Hey, what's up? It's Nick Pagliocchini. It is Thursday, the 11th of January, 2024, and this is Episode 2, Season 2 of This Weekend with Nick Pagliocchini, now the podcast. You were able to catch Season 1 during Later with Mo Kelly on KFI AM 640, Fridays at 8 p.m. Now you get even that much more time to learn about all the fun and excitement that you can enjoy in and around the Southland. Plus, with this new product of the podcast, I can do a lot more and kind of change things up and have a bit of an expanded experience for you, including some interviews and go well beyond the confines of Southern California, taking you to other places domestically and internationally as the year continues on and really trying to share some of those hidden gems of the Southland with you and the amazing people behind the stories of those uh, events and locations and things so that you're not just enjoying your weekend or your week, but you are being able to really become a part of your local community and meet people who have really helped create create the fabric of that community. So this week, uh, well, let me talk about last week briefly. Uh, I talked with Don and Brandy from uh, Untold Mostly True Stories, the show that's coming up on the 19th and 20th of this month uh, at the uh, Grand Annex Music Hall, part of the uh, Warner Grand Theater Project or the Grand Vision Foundation Project that's happening in San Pedro. So after talking to Don and Brandy last week, I really wanted to kind of dig into this really special, unique space in the South Bay. So uh, Brandy was so kind to connect me with Liz Schindler Johnson, the executive director at the Grand Vision Foundation. And uh, she took some time out of her schedule to sit down with me and fill me in on all things uh, San Pedro and the South Bay, as well as her background and knowledge and experience she brings to this project. So, uh, Liz, would you tell us a little bit about the Grand Vision Foundation overall and how you became a part of it? Okay, well, I started getting involved with Grand Vision Foundation many years ago. The organization had been founded to save the Warner Grand Theater, which is a, his, a beautiful historic movie palace right up the street, the same block, the same side of the street as the Grand Annex. And uh and a group of people came together to save it from becoming a swap meet or or substantially worse. And they convinced the city of Los Angeles to buy it, which they did, and then they started managing it. But it needed to be fixed up. It, it was from 1931, 32, and it was uh, in terrible condition, and there it was impossible to put on any events there, especially at the time, films, sure. because it was in such deplorable condition. And And over time, the group 
you know, wanted to put on events. They were trying to put on events there. I came along. I met some different people. I ended up on their board. And um, I started really understanding that the venue needed help. And so my first uh, uh, involvement with Grand Vision was to start helping to restore the building, putting on little fundraisers here and there to raise money. We had a big Save Your Seat campaign. People adopted seats. I was going to say, because that's something I want to talk about in a bit, because that's a really cool, fun opportunity that you're still doing, right? Uh, we do. We still right. do it. And okay. I just recently saw that uh, there's a theater in Westwood that's doing it. I mean, it's it's all the rage now. It's perfect. Um, but it's, it's it can be really inspiring to see all the names. There's like over a thousand seats of the 1500 that have been adopted at the theater. Anyway, so that was my first um, goal was to get that theater to be alive because I just fell in love with it. I'm not from San Pedro, but I just, my, it, San Pedro stole my heart immediately. And then the theater was even more because it just combined all these things that I love, like theater and art deco and uh, the movies and, and uh, architecture. And, and so I, I became very involved very quickly. Um, did I answer your question? No, you did. You did beautifully. In fact, you actually gave me a good way to lead into my next question okay, for you. Okay, great. Is, as you already said, you're not from San Pedro. You may be, uh, you know, a member of the family now, but this isn't your original background. Not even this coast was your original background. Tell me a little bit about Liz. Tell me a little bit about your background and how you, you know, the illustrious cross-country voyage <laughs> it was to become a part of, you know, the Southland. Well, you know what? I grew up, my parents were uh, from New York, but I primarily grew up in Connecticut, colonial Col Connecticut. But I think it was just uh, so normal to appreciate historic buildings there. But I didn't appreciate the cold. Sure. And as soon as I was done with college, I, I had this plan. Actually, before I finished, I went during my junior year, I decided I was going to go check out Berkeley. And my friends and I drove across the country. I saw the desert. I saw the beautiful landscape of this country and got to Northern California. I thought I'd never leave until I started thinking, no, you know, I really, really want to be in LA. And so that took up you know, a bunch of my 20s, uh, but I eventually ended up coming to L.A., and I, I really wanted to be involved with um, something to do with improving society. Sure. And so that's that's me. I'm, I'm an East Coaster, but when I came to San Pedro, there was this vibe here that reminded me of the East Coast and just uh, the old uh, fishing village mentality sure. it, and and just our, our uh, the energy here. It just it fit me perfectly. That's great, though, and I think it's palpable. So, now, where in New York is your family from? Oh, New York City. Oh, just oh, oh well, sorry, Miss Manhattan. <laughs> like Brooklyn? Right. No, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Like Brooklyn. I was gonna say, Brooklyn. I, come on, no, I not Manhattan. I'm not hearing any Manhattan things. No, no. Here. Okay, no. good. No, okay, no, some no. Brooklyn. No, actually, I get my it. my family they they sounded like they were from Brooklyn, but my father never did. And I said one time, I said, Dad, why don't you sound like you're from Brooklyn, like everyone else? He said, Dear, I corrected my accent. I'm like, What does that mean? He goes, uh, You know. I didn't want to sound like I was from Brooklyn. And then I said, well, where did you get that accent? He said, dear, the movies. The mid-Atlantic accent. Absolutely. <laughs> it was those summers in Connecticut. Like, yes. No, I get it. Uh, which is great. So I think that's a really fun backstory. And I think specifically your transition from kind of that New Yorker existence and that attitude is a very different world than we're used to here in Southern California. And then even going to the Bay Area in the state of California, which is very different from Southern California, and then making your transition down here mm -hmm. really has given you, even though it's all domestic-based, a very global perspective on a lot of different viewpoints for the state of, you know, United States, but the state of California gives you a different attitude and you give it a different personality. Now, let's go back to exactly what you're doing here with the Grand Vision Foundation. Sure. 
um, in this specific beautiful venue with a fantastic sign, as you can see. This is just one piece of the Grand Vision Foundation product. And this is, again, where Untold, Mostly True Stories will be happening. And many, many other shows happen throughout the year. So give me a little bit of background on when you came on board and then kind of where we're going now. Um, what did that look like, having to put together programs and being... Because you're not just a traditional venue where you have artists come in. You also do a lot in the community. Well, thank you for asking. Um, so we went from... Uh, basically trying to get the Warner Grand Theater reopened and reawaken um, the public's awareness of that theater, though we don't own it and we don't sure. operate it. We're the friends group. So then we started thinking, and it became the great recession. Okay. We started thinking, what are opportunities? And we were able to secure this wonderful building and this wonderful space that we're in right now. And it was just, it had been a, a plumbing warehouse. And okay. so we thought maybe um, we'll have a few shows here while we figure out what we're going to do. And so that was, we. the Grand Annex was born. And the Grand Annex uh, is now celebrating officially its 15 years Super of exciting. programming, which is really, really exciting. Um, but it, it really has been a bootstrapping thing where we did a little of this and a little of that. And we really settled on... Um, presenting award-winning, high-quality, um, a lot of original musicians, and um, our share of some tributes, too. But we really wanted to um, bring some more um, uh, exciting musical genres to our part of Los Angeles. Little did we realize when we started how many amazingly talented artists who appear to be from all over the world actually live right here in Los Angeles. We are the second largest music business uh, center in the country. So we're so blessed that so many incredible artists come through here, but also touring artists. See, that's really, I think, a big component for me that I really like to hear because so many people don't know that and don't know. And that's something that I've really been able to hopefully help communicate with this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini, but also to just... How many people have been born and raised in the Southland and had no idea that was a thing? Or they think that it's got to be even back to your roots. It's from New York is where it comes from. Or is it coming from Nashville, Tennessee for a music or wherever the situation may be. Here we have people who chase that dream and you are a component in making that dream continue to be a reality. So I think that's a huge component that um, people really should kind of go off the beaten path like we've talked about before and really lean into those areas and neighborhoods that you're not necessarily as aware of. So coming back to the Warner Grand, correct? Well, the, yes. And I did want to mention oh, sure. a little bit more. I want to embellish upon means. what you were just By saying and say that our um, people who review the space often say it's incredible the dialogue that the artists will have with the audience because people will just say a comment, they'll say a comment back. I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house. And then the, uh, oftentimes the performers will notice that a lot of people in the audience know each other and there's this feeling of like warmth and a family flavor. And so people really dig that too. And we have some incredible performers who just come back again and again. See, and uh, that's great. That sense of community that you're setting up, you know, and you come in here a stranger and you leave as a member of the family. You do. Right. And the other thing is, I didn't know if you we were going to ask me about this, but we have a huge music education program for elementary school students. Yes. Um, so I could talk about that if no, you want No, please well. do. Because no, and that is somewhere I definitely want to go is I know that you bring in a lot of artists here and you work with the local community. And I think that's what makes this venue and this project so special and unique because you are not just bringing in incredible professional acts 
or surveying the local talent in the area, you're also leaning into the community. And I think that's a big component of it, being able to open the doors and really embrace those that are around you here in the South Bay, but also in just the LA Basin, Southern California in general. So yeah, by all means, fill me in on that. Well, basically we have a program, it's called Meet the Music. It started in 2009. A lot of things started for us then, and uh, we go into elementary schools, Well, and we have well-qualified um, teachers that sure. are on our staff, music instructors, and we have relationships with a lot of the different schools, and uh, for the longest time, there was no you know, art or music in schools except for what's provided by out outside vendors or outside um, nonprofit organizations like ourselves. And so we would basically supply the music teacher, whether it's for a very special program we have called Roots of Music, where we teach kids the basics of music theory, music uh, concepts through world music, uh, global music, and uh, uh, going to Africa, going to Mexico, and also learning about the, the gold rush in, in the United States. And um, so we, we teach that in, in as well as melody and pitch and uh, dynamics, steady beat, rhythm, all these different things. And we introduce kids to all of that through live concerts that we bring them here at the annex to see during the school day. So we have tons of buses coming and it's really festive and wonderful and we can invite you to come sometime and uh, you, you see those lessons and those kids getting their eyes open and learning that you can become a musician. Like here we are in one of those big music industry hubs and kids should know who are from all backgrounds that they could become a musician. Maybe that's a real career. And then we follow up with um, you know a whole year long percussion program, recorder program, violin, and even a little bit of piano. So we have all these different things that we can do to introduce kids to something that either could just be a joy for them or it could even be a career. And with that being said, this also goes back to if you've been in Southern California, I don't know, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, into the 90s, you used to have field trips and you used to go out into the community, you used to do a lot of things. And this all harkens back to me as a child in the Inland Empire because there was actually, and I, I don't believe it's there any longer, I have to do a little bit of homework myself, but um, in either Montclair or Claremont, there was a music uh, Claremont. Store. So it was Claremont. There was mm -hmm. a music store. Do you know what I'm talking where about? I think Ben Harper's parents were. Yes, exactly. And that was where I went as a child to a very similar program to what you described, which really helped me hone who I was going to be in the future. So I think I that that's that. a huge component. And it's something that here I am 42 years old. And I remember it to this day. I remember some of the instrumentation and the history behind them. Um, probably African musical instruments, which are so unique because they're made from hides of animals and everything else. And, you know, they use every component of the animal. So all of that, I think, is a really mm -hmm. good opportunity. And we, we have a, 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 perf a performing group that brings out a donkey jaw, and they always make sure to say, don't worry, kids, this donkey lived a very wonderful life and then died naturally, and then somebody made this into an instrument. Right. <laughs> and so nobody gets upset. Which is good. Now, going back to the project here with the um, uh, Grand Vision Foundation, how can people become involved with it? And how can they best help you either be here at the music hall or the foundation altogether? What are the, some of the opportunities that people can uh, help out? Well, thanks for asking. I mean, number one, they can go on our website, grandvision.org, and see all that we do. Uh, they can come to a show 
um, uh, they can come to a show at the Grand Annex anytime. You know, we you can buy a ticket on our website. They can um, they can see what we do and make a donation by clicking donate on the website. And um, all that money stays very local. You know, it's it's all about helping um, access to music, access to culture for a lot of people that don't get it. And we also have an ongoing. Pro program that's gone on for a very long time called um, where you can adopt a seat. This is the coolest thing ever. Now, this is something that I'm genuinely thinking of. Please go ahead, Liz. And, and yeah. a, a lot of uh, theaters do this nowadays, but we've been doing it for so long that over a thousand seats at the Warner Grand Theater have already been adopted. There's 1,500, so there's at least 500 more. you got plenty more and, to go. uh, you know, it's it's a very reasonable cost. You can see the information, but you get your name on a plaque, and you and they can say adopted by or first kiss or you know met here or a couple little things and uh, or in honor of a loved one who might have um, loved this theater and uh, or loved the idea of just historic theaters and they might not be with us anymore, and you can honor them that way. And um, you know, our theater is um, undergoing a, a, a two-year, fifteen million dollar renovation funded by the city of Los Angeles, which is the owner and operator of the Warner Grand. And uh, we are the friends group, so we do everything we can to make it a better, uh, more vibrant experience. And we try to fill in where the city can't always do all those things. Which is amazing. You've heard directly from Liz <laughs> Schindler-Johnson, the executive director at the Grand Vision Foundation. You should come out to the Grand Annex Music Hall or you can go on to uh, Nick Pagliocchini or This Weekend with Nick on Instagram. Also, thisweekendwithnick.com. I have all the details there for you to make life super easy, super simple. Liz, thanks for so much for taking some time out of your oh, day with me today. Nick, you're a pleasure to talk to. Thank you very much. Thank you. Liz really is truly a very special individual, as is her sister, Taryn Schindler, who's a creative director at the uh, Grand Vision Foundation, and uh, also two of their employees, Andrew and Krista, are phenomenal. It really is a special, unique opportunity for you to support the arts in uh, different forms and different ways in our own backyard. And a lot of folks have never been to the South Bay, so San Pedro and Torrance Lomita may be foreign to them. It's a great opportunity for you to get out this weekend and check it out, uh, see what events are happening happening at either the Grand Annex Music Hall or if there's anything just happening in San Pedro itself. So uh, definitely check that out. But jumping into this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini for Thursday, the 11th of January, 2024. Uh, the Eagles are in town, if you weren't aware, already have had two nights on their mini tour. Uh, and they uh, will be there uh, tomorrow night, uh, the 12th and Saturday, the 13th as well. Amy King from Wake Up Call, I think she's actually headed out to check that out, maybe. So uh, maybe tune in to Wake Up Call, KFI AM 640 to hear about that. But it's Eagles, the long goodbye final tour happening for two more nights at the Kia forum tickets are still available so you can definitely check that out again details can be found at this weekend with nick.com or uh instagram a link in bio for you at nick Pagliocchini or this weekend with nick heading out to the inland empire for a really fun event if you are well if you have little ones it's uh paw patrol alive and it is happening at the fox performing arts center both uh saturday and sunday the 13th and 14th now tickets are still available for this and more details can be found by visiting uh well paw, paw patrol live.com or just go to nickpaliokini.com, Nick Pagliocchini, or This Weekend with Nick. Uh, but Paw Patrol is on a roll, and Paw Patrol Live Heroes Unite, and uh, that is for two nights only. It's a national tour, and it's really fun.
on the puppetry. If you have a kid who is into the Nickelodeon show Paw Patrol, you get to meet a lot of the characters from it in a very special and unique way. And it really is a lot of fun. So I would highly encourage you to do that. And while you're in the Inland Empire on the way back, you may want to consider heading over to the Pomona Fairplex. So going on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the 13th and 14th of January, you can head out and enjoy Asian American Expo. Now, uh, there's actually four events that are going on right now or will be happening this weekend, should say, for Saturday and Sunday that are all related to each other, but they're completely different events. So the four events that you have the opportunity to visit are Asian American Expo, Sneaker Expo, uh, K-Play Fest, uh, Anime and Anime Impulse uh, Los Angeles. So again, to go through those, it's Asian American Expo, Sneaker Expo, so if you're a sneakerhead, great opportunity for you. Uh, K-Play Fest, which to my knowledge is going to be down the path of uh, K-pop and music related to that. Yep, definitely that. And then also Anime Impulse is underway. So all of those are available for you. And the coolest thing about it is they're available for one price. So you can get a weekend pass for 40 bucks or just 20 bucks each day. And that gets you admission to all four of those things going on this weekend at the Pomona Fairplex. So definitely worth checking out. If you happen to be headed to San Diego for the weekend, I would highly recommend visiting the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. It is the first stop on their tour this year. Talked about it last year during this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini on KFI, and they are back for another round. Uh, This weekend, they are in San Diego at the Del Mar Fairgrounds O'Brien Hall, and that is going to be uh, specifically looks like Saturday. Um, Yeah, Saturday and Sunday both. So Saturday the 13th, Sunday the 14th. Uh, Saturday from 10 to 6, Sunday from 10 to 4, uh, $10 in advance entry, so very inexpensive, $15 day of, and kids 12 and under are free. I attended this event when it was at the Anaheim Expo, or rather the uh, Anaheim Convention Center last year for the uh, Oddities and Curiosities Curiosities Expo. And it's very different and very unique. You know that I love Halloween. You know that I thoroughly enjoy Halloween. all things spooky, ooky, and things that go bump in the night. And this was a little bit of that, but really not. This is more for people who have unique senses of humor or maybe a little bit more quirky. Maybe they're into taxidermy or really have a thing or affinity for animals uh, that have uh, are no longer with us or insects or something to that effect. So it is one of those opportunities for you to be able to check out. Um, in fact, if you happen to be into uh, taxidermy, there's a class that you can attend on Saturday, uh, Rat Taxidermy to teach you exactly all the safety protocols and everything in that regard. And then on Sunday, they're going to have two different entomology classes go on, a morning and afternoon session. Again, you can find all this information by visiting thisweekendwithnick.com, Nick Pagliocchini, or This Week with Nick on Instagram. Now, you can also do this next weekend, the 20th and 21st, at the LA Convention Center in downtown LA. So if that's something for you, definitely would encourage it. And one final thing, uh, would love to uh, encourage you to go out and try things that are a little bit different and something in your backyard. So final entry for uh, this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini before we get into a last call and free 99 is going to be an opportunity to see one of my cohorts in crime, uh, Heather Brooker from KFI News. Uh, now, if you are not a fan of comedy, well, then get out. You can just stop the podcast now because it is something that I thoroughly enjoy doing. And we have many, many 
amazing venues here within the uh, Southland, but also just random places that have open mic nights. And you can really find some unique and special comedian talents at those. Now, I'll be actually attending uh, tomorrow night the uh, Renegade Comedy uh, event that's happening Friday, the 12th of January at 8 p.m. at the Ice House in Pasadena. And Heather Brooker from KFI News will be there to, uh, well... Yeah, kind of entertain us along with a diverse cast of characters. In fact, I was lucky enough to sit down with Heather uh, and get a little bit of background on her for, you know, where she came from, where she's going, and also what we can expect for the Renegade Comedy uh, Extravaganza happening tomorrow night. Hey, what's up? It's Nick Polly O'Keeney, and I have the priv- uh, privilege and pleasure to sit down with uh, someone that's a new friend to me and likely a new friend to you as well. Because if you followed me from KFI over to This Week of Nick Polly O'Keeney, the podcast, where I used to do This Week of Nick Polly O'Keeney, during later with Mo Kelly, uh, 8 p.m. on Fridays on KFI AM 640, um, you knew that I worked the entire holiday season of 2023, and this lovely lady was alongside me with that and filling in for Amy King on Wake Up call, I'd like to introduce you to Heather Brooker, who is a news anchor with us at KFI. Hey, how's it going, Heather? Hi, good. So excited to be talking with you. What a great way to kick off the new year. Oh, I'm so excited to have you here with us. And I'm I'm excited to be able to give you an introduction to the listening audience a little bit different than we usually have. And um, especially because you're kind of on the newer side of the team for mm-hmm. us. So I want to jump into how you came to be a part of the iHeart family and KFI. But then I also want to look back into Heather Brooker, the, you know, we're going to do like the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. <laughs> we'll start out in the present day. We'll look back at the past and then we'll look where the future is taking us. Sure. So um, I am uh, an actress, comedian, and um, journalist uh, in a nutshell. That's just a few of the things that I do. And, you know, for a long time, I worked in television, and we can talk about that as well. But a long time, I worked in television, and um, I had a job at NBC and was really burnt out with my job. So I took a little bit of a break. And um, I was thinking, like, last summer, I was like, you know, I'm getting kind of restless. Like, people, I'm a workhorse. I love to work really hard. And so I was like, I'm getting kind of restless. I don't like to not have a regular job. Um, and by regular, I mean, like, some regular income. And, of course, um, sure. And uh, I just started looking around for jobs. And, and for whatever reason, this job uh, at KFI as a news anchor popped up. And I was like can I do radio? I haven't done radio since like after college. Like it just feels um, so hard. (laughs) I was like, I don't know if I could do that. Um, So I started investigating and looked into the station. Um, I reached out, I submitted my application and Chris Little, the news director for KFI brought me in. We had a great conversation. I met Robin. Um, I met uh, a few of the anchors and everybody while we were there. And it just seemed like um, a fun challenge, and I was up for the challenge, and woo boy, I, I was not wrong. It is a challenging job. Shout out to all the KFI anchors and everybody. It is not an easy to do um, the shifts that they do and the work that they do there. So that's that's in a nutshell, like sort of how I ended up at KFI, and I'm mostly now on the weekends. I'm going to be doing um, Saturday, Sunday nights, but also filling in just wherever, which I think is great. And I think that it was really nice to have you 
with us throughout the holiday season, especially doing fill-in for Amy King, who hosts yeah. and anchors Wake Up Call and anchor, uh, anchors the mornings at KFI. So I know that was quite jumping in, just cutting your teeth at KFI on the weekends <laughs> and doing all that. But it's like, hey, let's get in there and do it. So and let's give you but the hardest you say, shifts. Like literally also so right. much love for Amy King. Like that is a really tough schedule. And she handles juggle. it beautifully. Like I, I was training with her, watching her like, Oh my gosh, she makes it look so easy. And then when I did it, I know everyone's like, when is Amy coming back? This lady is a mess. Uh, <laughs> but, it was, but it was really, really challenging, but really um, fun. Like, you know, you get to a certain point in your career where you're like, I want to kind of push myself a little bit to try something new and try something um, out of my comfort zone a little bit. And this definitely is, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the challenge. And I think that's what's exciting about you specifically, because as you've already shared, and we're going to get a little bit more into it now, but you have a different background with acting. You have a different background. You have worked in news, but in different capacities. And we'll talk about that in a second. But with all of that being said, specifically, you have taken that opportunity. You know, you're a wife, you're a mother. We'll talk about that, too. But it's <laughs> you are specific to, you know you taken that opportunity to jump into something and it's a, not later in your career, but somewhere else in your career, if you will. And it's yeah. a different opportunity. And you do have that background and that skill set to be able to bring a different personality to it. And I think that's something that we're really lucky with, um, with iHeartRadio in general, but also specifically with KFI, um, working with Robin Berlucci as the program director and Chris Little as the news director, we are given a little bit of leeway to bring mm -hmm. a bit of our own personality. We always provide you with the most important facts and details and just the news and nothing but the news when we're working in the news and the traffic department specifically. But we also are able, able to uh, give a little bit of flavor and sometimes a pass, as you did, filling in for Amy, into that hosting role and be able to get a little yeah. bit of ourselves and our own personality in there, which is kind of nice. So now, talking about that, your background, as you said, is in TV and you've done some things locally as well, correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I worked for and NBC. K KTLA LA. was one of them? I worked NBC? at KTLA, okay. NBC. Um, most, of, most of my time in L.A. has been at NBC and KTLA. And I also was at, uh, years ago, TV Guide uh, when I first moved out here. And, um, yeah, before that, I was in the Midwest. I was a reporter in the Midwest and an anchor in, like, Tulsa, um, Kansas, Missouri. Like, you know, and then I was briefly an international correspondent, traveled all over the world doing – reports That's and amazing. um so you know news has always been such a huge part of who i am there's also a big part of myself that i think a lot of people can relate to even in news that likes to um perform and act and you know some people are just about news but i like to also provide a side of entertainment and i feel like you probably can understand that too like there's a little something Absolutely. more we want to we can give um, besides just the headlines the murder and destruction and death yeah. <laughs> headlines you know we, if it bleeds it leads it's not always the day, end of the day you know right exactly you know, if it bleeds it leads it isn't exactly the only thing so yeah yeah i mean and People forget oftentimes that behind your news person is an actual person. Um, and I have found that most news people are quirky and interesting and have really um, unique senses of humor. Um, we also have families that we go home to. And so it's hard when you're constantly reporting on such negativity to not have some kind of outlet. So for me, that outlet is I do stand up comedy. Um, I also perform um, whenever I get cast in a show or movie. I've always loved doing that. Acting was my first love. And um, so that's sort of where I find myself now in this wonderful position of getting to 
do the job that I know how to do and I love doing and delivering the news, but also having the opportunity to still do comedy and perform um, whenever I can. And that's great. And I know that you've also, like me, have done like the influencer route and route. And so I know that um, that's where you do also have a daughter, right? You have yeah. you have a daughter who um, I see in some of the fun videos and all that. But your mom, like you, you really do have a lot that you have going on behind the scenes. That's Pull true. back the curtain ever so, whatever you so are comfortable with. But um, into, you know, Heather Brooker, the... Um, the lady at home, I guess you would say. <laughs> what is what is this gal doing at home? Um, exactly. I'm like, because obviously she's in front of a microphone right. or she's in front of a camera for a good portion of the day that's and true. or her life. But I know that's not the only place. I mean, Lord knows we don't want to be by in front of them and we enjoy being away from them as much as we can. So um, give us a little bit of a peek behind the uh, velvet sure. rope, if you will. I mean, listen, if I could be on camera and, and in front of people all the time, I would do it. Where's my reality show, Nick? That's what I'm going to say. I'm good um, with that. If we can produce one, I think KFI has enough quirky it. characters or even yes. just iHeart LA in general. So, like, yeah. it's sort of like Frasier. Like, why is there not like an LA version of Frasier? You know, like, we need to have our own KFI version of a reality version of Yeah, well, Frasier. it goes back to you remember news radio when they had news radio? Yeah, yeah, with, totally. You know, like, that whole. That was exactly, and I granted we're obviously showing our age as well with our references to uh, exactly the <laughs> I don't programs. Know what you mean. I'm only twenty. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I've only seen it in reruns. I, yes. I, I have no idea. I saw it on streaming. <laughs> I do think it so. Would yeah, be, but um, KFI would be such a fun reality show because you've got so many big personalities there. I mean, Bill Handel, John true. Cobalt, like all of those like on air hosts, but also in the news and traffic department too. Like we've got so Crozier is such a fun character and like. Yeah. And Amy, of course, um, you know. Deborah Mark, our home resident yeah. vegan. Yes. I'm like, no, our no, no. Yeah. Vegan. There's so much. There's yes. so much that we could do there. So that would be, I'm going to, that's my vote, my pitch for a KFI reality show. Um, I'm good with it. Yeah. Mind. And but especially home, because with me being in the traffic department, I just get to be a, one of the cameo appearances. So I get yes. to skate. <laughs> <laughs> you could be, you could just pop in, say something funny and yes. peace out. Yeah. You know, just like normal 30 seconds and I'm out. <laughs> there you go. Um, but no, I don't. You're right. I am a mom. Um, I, you know, I hate calling myself an influencer. I just feel like that it's just. Feels oh, I hate weird. the title too, but that's what we're stuck with. So yeah, I, I, um, I just I have a large social media following. I don't know that I'm actually influencing anybody. To be honest, like no one is going to buy vitamins if I tell them to go buy some vitamins. <laughs> it's not. I don't I just know. Feel those, like <laughs> but those glasses, those glasses might be a those whole different glasses, ball game. And if you have right, not seen Heather strange. Brooker, you'll be able to check her out on Instagram. Instagram and socials, but no, the the glasses are fantastic. But we, oh, you know, that's you so a story much. for another day. These of are not. This is not sponsored either. They did not pay for the. I did not. Uh, they did not pay me to wear these. So um, okay, well then they should because they should. Yeah. first of all, they're great product, obviously, but they <laughs> yes. look fantastic oh, on thank you. Thank you so much. Thank so. you. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, so I sort of fell into this content creation um, social media world when my daughter was about two years old. Uh, I was an actress you know, part-time news junkie. And I was really missing a connection with the entertainment community. I was like, where, you know, being an actors, we don't have an office to go to every day to sort of commiserate with other parents about what we're going through in terms of the, the terrible twos and potty training and, you know, things that come up when you have young children. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to create that space for myself. So I started a podcast called Motherhood in Hollywood. And I just started reaching out to f the very few friends that I knew that were parents at the time. 
And then it just sort of grew and I started getting um, wonderful actors and actresses and also people behind the scenes like stylists and, you know, craft services and everybody, uh, producers, directors, everybody who had a story to share and who was willing to come on my show. And I had the best time talking to other moms and dads in the entertainment industry about their how they're juggling their love of this crazy business that we call show and also their love of their family. Um, Cause it's not always easy. It's when you're living literally in a freelance kind of lifestyle, paycheck to paycheck. So from there, my social media, I realized would be essential to growing my podcast. And so I sort of taught myself how to code and I built a website and uh, very low level coding. I'm not about to apply to be a, that's a, a no coder. stop because that's an incredible <laughs> skill and it's an incredible no 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 yeah. do not do, do not downplay that <laughs> low level coding in any way shape or form. Uh, for those that know, my husband Brian is a software engineer, and so oh. I lean on him immensely for that activity. Yeah, I'm very very it's lucky. Lucky in. No. And in entertainment, we know that we marry for, or, you know, we seek out spouses that are really good for us mentally and emotionally, but also physically and maybe in the pocketbook, but also be able to help out and balance because it's more that complimentary thing than, yeah. you know, you're not trying to complete yourself, but you're looking for someone that compliments you. And so I think that's how I ended up with it. But do not downplay your coding <laughs> skills, no matter how low level they may be, because just being able to do that is incredible. So I watched a you, ton seriously. of like YouTube videos and like how to videos and all this stuff to try to figure it out. So I, I built this website where my podcast could live and it was terrible website, but it's much better now. Um, and then I just started like growing social media and like posting on social media. And um, it started finding an audience as, as the podcast grew, my social media grew. And then eventually I kind of shifted my focus from the podcast to social media because I realized, wait, people actually want to pay me to post about their products or stay in their hotel or what like that was crazy to me and um all the while while i was sort of building my social media that's when i got hired at um, my old station in tulsa um, where i'm from originally tulsa oklahoma said hey you know remember you used to be a reporter and i'm like yeah i remember those days <laughs> before i was an actor um and they said um well how would you like to be like sort of our entertainment bureau out in la and you can cover red carpets for us and entertainment stories and i was like that would be amazing so I did that for a while um, while I was also working part-time at NBC here in Los Angeles. And the news director at the time was like, hey, I'd heard your reporting for your station back in Tulsa. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired, you know. And he's like, actually, we'd love for you to come and do that for us here because NBCLA didn't have a reporter uh, or entertainment yeah. presence whatsoever. Um, and I was like, oh, and he said, in fact, we'd like you to focus on our digital content and beef up our presence on digital. So I became the first ever digital entertainment reporter for them. And I was covering red carpets, um, award shows, everything from like similar to what you do on the weekend, um, telling people like what's happening in and about, um, in and around LA and in Southern California. And, um, it just grew and grew and, um, it was such a great experience, but I just, after COVID and pivoting to covering news again, to covering COVID, sure. and um, I was doing politics for them. I hosted a whole show about the, during the 2020 election, um, 
I, I just was really burnt out. And I was like, this is not what I came out here to do. I came out here to be an actor and um, do comedy. And I f- sort of felt like I drifted so far away from my focus and my goals out here that I lost sight of them a little bit. So I needed to take a step back, sort of recalibrate and figure out where I wanted to go. Where am I going with all of this? Um, and that's when I took a break for a few months to focus on my family and my daughter. And then I was like, oh, wait, now I can't be in L.A. with no job. I need a job. <laughs> so that's how I ended up at KFI. Sure. <laughs> but now you still, but I mean, not to, not to completely t- jump ship and skew on that, which is amazing. You really took the opportunities that were presented to you. And so many yeah. people don't do that. So huge props to you because you really covered a lot in a relatively short period of time, a number of years, but still covering yeah. so much ground. But what I want to talk to you specifically about is something that's coming up, which is one of your outlets for you to continue to, you know, get a paycheck, but it's more so one of your fun outlets, I would anticipate. <laughs> um, and that would be doing stand-up. So this is something that's coming up for you if you want to fill us in on the details. I mean, I do know that I'll be there to check you out but um, you do have a renegade comedy that's coming up on friday the 12th of january at 8 p.m at the ice house in pasadena talk to me about being a stand-up and what that's like well you know um i've always been one of those people that someone will say like oh you're so funny you should do stand-up and i've always was so intimidated by stand-up comedy because i feel like it's such a specific skill and the people who do it well make it look so easy that you don't even know that they're spending hours writing and hours and weeks and months working on their material going from town to town so it's a really tough job but i there's always been something in me that was like i want to do it i want to give it a try so a few years ago actually um I think it was 2021, I revisited stand-up comedy because I had done it years prior and then I had my daughter and and took a break. So a couple years ago, I um, heard about an open mic that was happening at Chili John's in Burbank. And if you haven't been there, shout out to Chili John's. It's so good. Um, It's so like greasy comfort food. It's um, Mm -hmm. Exactly. They had uh, an open mic like in there in Chili John. So I was like, I'm going to go and check it out. And so I went and I got up and I started telling jokes and talking and I was like, oh, I love this so much. So for the past couple of years, I've really put an emphasis on focusing on writing comedy and like trying to get up on stage and and put myself out there a little bit more. And um, yes, yeah, so this Friday, the 20, uh, is it 27? No, I just skipped ahead like two weeks. The 12th. The no, 12th. you're fine. No, that, if you've <laughs> got another brain. show to tease, by all no. means, you're welcome to, but no, will, Friday the yeah. 12th. <laughs> Friday the 12th. So um, we're going to be at the Ice House in Pasadena. And I'm so excited because I've never performed at the Ice House before. I've been at the Comedy Store. um, I've been at some other clubs around town. But this is my first time at the Ice House. And it's with a great group of other comics, very diverse group of comics. And um, I just want to, like, get up and have fun and, you know, make people laugh. And then on Sunday, I'll be performing at Flappers. They're doing an early bird show, which I'm so grateful for because I I like to be at home in my jammies if I can. As, as soon as possible but um but yeah so i'm doing that flappers uh on sunday so i've got two shows this weekend two chances to come out and and have a good time i'm i was talking to my husband i was like should i do kfi jokes i don't know that feels like i might get fired <laughs> no i think you really should and i think because in the world of radio and especially local radio here 
there's a lot of, and that's why I love doing this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini, because I get to do a lot of BTS, a lot of behind the scenes. And everybody yeah. wants to not just look into the fishbowl that we live in. They want to be able to dip their toe in that fishbowl and hopefully, you know, not get too much more than a nibble from a shark. Because Lord sure. knows we work with plenty of them. <laughs> but all that being said, I do it. I mean, and that's because I think that it makes us human. And I think yeah. that that's always the thing. Uh, self-deprecating humor is always an easy thing to go to, but I like to self-deprecate on other people. All, <laughs> maybe it sounds more like self-defecate, but anyway. Ah, um, that's something different. Yeah. <laughs> that's a totally different ball game. But uh, I would say give it a shot. I mean, uh, for well, we'll me, see. that's I'm personally it. I'm some stuff, but we'll see if it's ready. Like, that's part of it, too, is we got to uh, see if that's it's fine. ready. Right. <laughs> what is one of your favorite things as a last thought about um, doing stand-up? What is, a, what is something for you that after that open mic night that you did for the first time that you really kind of, you know, connected for you? I think for me it was a sense of um, accomplishment in that I took the time to write something out, work on it, and then put it out there and it brought joy to somebody, whether that is just a smirk or somebody belly laughed or somebody chuckled a little bit, like it's a total sense of accomplishment to be able to be like, I created something that made somebody laugh or brought them some joy, even for just a moment, because it's so it's so the antithesis sometimes of what I do in my real job at KFI or even at NBC, you know. It's it's the opposite of that. It's sort of a release of being able to be like, okay, I've given you all this bad news. Now, please let me come out and make mm -hmm. you laugh and bring a smile to your face because not everything in the world is quite so dire. You know what I mean? So I feel like it's, it's of course. that. Yeah. No, I think that's perfect. And so just like Heather said, come out and see her. Friday, the 12th of January, 8 p.m., the Ice House in Pasadena for Renegade Comedy. Also, she's got a matinee show, an early bird show on Sunday at Flappers. Uh, Heather, where can we find details about you and get to know you a little bit better? Everybody, please take a minute and follow me on um, Instagram and Facebook at the Heather Brooker, or you can follow me on the TikTok at Heather Brooker, or check out uh, any of my shows that are coming up and what's happening in my world at heatherbrooker.com. Amazing. Heather Brooker, an incredible, well-rounded individual who I am <laughs> looking forward to getting to know better and truly call a friend. Thank you so much for joining me for this weekend with Nick Pagliocchini, and I look forward to enjoying the weekend with you. Thanks, Nick. It was a pleasure. I don't know what to tell you. Really, Heather Brooker is a lot of things. Many, many uh, interesting stories. So much fun and very, very sweet and so kind and thoughtful to uh, take some time out of her incredibly busy schedule of being a mom and a wife and a comedian and a news anchor and so many other things. So be sure to catch her uh, weekends, it sounds like, on KFI AM 640. Also, Heather Brooker, and that's B-R-O-O-K-E-R.com. HeatherBrooker.com has all the details of where you can find her, check out her reel, some of the acting gigs she's had in the past, where she'll be uh, performing for stand-up moving forward. Uh, so yeah, definitely check that out again. She will be uh, tomorrow night at the Renegade Comedy um, I don't know, show, I guess you would say, uh, which is happening Friday, the uh, 12th of January at 8pm at the Ice House in Pasadena. And as she also said, she is doing the uh, daytime show at the um, Flappers over in Burbank. So uh, that is another opportunity to check her out. But it is that official time of the podcast, so so here we go. Let's 
Since we ran just a little bit long getting to know Heather Brooker, I want to shorten up Last Call and Free 99, but not uh, take away from anything of it. So I'm going to power through it real quick, and especially because tonight I'm going to be attending something really interesting, and I don't quite grasp, I think, what it is, and I look forward to sharing kind of uh, some feedback with you on social media, Nick Pagliocchini, this weekend with Nick, um, about what this is. So uh, the Colts owner, um, who is Jay Ursay um, is bringing a one-night-only concert and traveling museum to Los Angeles that I'm attending tonight. So I'm going to be going representing the media and also getting a VIP experience. I'm very excited about this. Uh, it's happening at the Shrine Auditorium uh, today, Thursday, the January 11th. And it is, well, obviously, Jim Ursay, the owner and CEO of the Indianapolis Colts, he's bringing his Jim Ursay collection, which is a traveling museum of iconic artifacts from rock music, American history and pop culture, also the Shrine Auditorium for one of a kind free exhibition. That's right, baby, free 99 and concert today, Thursday, January 11th, 2024. He's an active philanthropic individual uh, and he has transformed his personal collection into a traveling museum and hosted previous exhibitions in Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, Texas, Washington, D.C., New York City, Chicago, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Las Vegas, and Boston. So this is an event that is happening tonight. Now, to my knowledge, it is sold out, and that sounds very odd, but you did have to RSVP to get free admission. So while you cannot attend this event tonight specifically, it does seem that there'll be a lot of opportunities. So if you're interested in any way, shape, or form, I'll definitely have links in the uh, bio uh, regarding the event itself. But if you want to go to Jim Ersey Collection, Ersey Collection, so J I M. I-R-S-A-Y collection.com, all one word. So J-I-M-I-R-S-A-Y collection, all one word.com. Um, the event is free, but guests can donate to Kicking the Stigma, an initiative to raise awareness about mental health uh, when you register. Uh, it does look like it's going to be quite the star-studded event. And there's actually a concert that's being made up of a lot of current and uh, retired musicians. So I can't even begin to exactly explain what this is. Uh, allegedly seeing a collection highlighted by instruments and items owned and used by great some of the greatest artists in music history, including Bob Dylan, the Beatles, James Brown, Prince, Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, Elton John. Um, allegedly, Guitar Magazine in 2022 highlighted his collection, uh, Jim Ursi's collection, as the greatest guitar collection on earth. I don't know. It, there's a lot going on. So this is one of those moments where I'm like, well, I wish you could check it out with me, but I will take you along with me on that adventure tonight or this evening and keep an eye on socials to uh, see exactly what that experience is like. Now, something I do not want you to miss, something that opens tomorrow night in Montclair is the matter Horn Lodge, and this is an immersive theme speakeasy in Montclair, uh, not too far from the freeway. There is that 80s bar, and it's across from a swap meet, and it is absolutely amazing. They have live artists, there, live musicians, cover bands uh, that are there. It really is totally tubular, if you will. <laughs> but behind it is an immersive-themed speakeasy. So it's called uh, The Set, Always a New Adventure, Every Drink a New Story. Matterhorn Lodge is now accepting reservations. Uh, and yeah, it runs now, tomorrow, the 12th of January, all the way through March 16th from 7, to, uh, 7 p.m. to 1 a.m., 
And it is going to be, uh, well, it looks like it'll just be on Fridays and Saturdays from 7 to 1. So it's a perfect opportunity for you to enjoy this weekend. Again, this weekend, but Nick style. Uh, you do need to log in and make reservations. Uh, you can get the information again. Nick Pagliocchini, This Weekend with Nick at the link in bio on Instagram. And you can also check out this week with nick.com uh, for those details. But what you do is you go online and you book a table and you can book a party size up to eight. All the details and information are about it there. But for you to get an idea of this, it is a concept that was created by some of the masterminds behind Sinister Point, if you're familiar. And also, currently on Airbnb, there is the Ghostly Retreat in Fullerton, which is a haunted mansion from Disneyland Park or Magic Kingdom in Florida or Disneyland Paris or any of the Disney parks that have a haunted mansion. It's based on those properties. And then during the holidays, that Airbnb becomes the nightmare before Christmas and gets a special holiday overlay, just like the haunted mansion does at Disneyland Park at the Disneyland Resort in Anaheim. But this is truly amazing. You actually get to go into this amazing lodge. You literally, the, the best part is you enter through a freezer. So you go behind that 80s bar and you enter through a freezer. The admission to this speakeasy is free 99 outside of the cocktails that you uh, will be enjoying there. So you can make the reservation. If you do not cancel, that is a $20 um, cancellation fee. Uh, but other than that, you are able to make the reservations. There's no charge for admission and it is just pretty much an enjoyable experience across the board. You will meet a, um, actually a Yeti hunter. You may even meet a Yeti. So if you have any curiosities about this, I'll be posting more this weekend with Nick and Nick Pagliocchini on Instagram. Uh, I know I say that a lot and I realize that that's more so something that you say on radio, but I want to make life easy for you. So if you happen to be listening to the podcast and you know, like, oh, what was that again? Oh, let me like check it out and then forget. So here I just kind of keep reminding you where you can find the information, the easiest, um, and yeah, makes life simple for you. But no, anyway, the set presents Matterhorn Lodge that is running again through March 16th, starting tomorrow night, the 12th of January, 2024, available Saturday and Sunday from 7 until 1 a, uh, 7 p.m. till 1 a.m. Uh, it's great. It's so much fun. It's beautifully themed. They had a couple of live musicians there as well. Um, and you never know what's going to happen. So really, really want to encourage you to go check that out. Also, something that is returning to uh, Southern California after a, a three-week hiatus is something that I talked about a handful of times on This Weekend with Nick Pagliocchini when I was doing it uh, during Later with Mo Kelly at 8 p.m. on Friday. It's Later with Mo Kelly is Monday through Friday, 7 to 10 p.m. on KFI AM 640. Uh, is Smorgasburg, Los Angeles. So every Sunday from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. at Road DTLA. Free entry, family-friendly beer garden, no pets allowed. Uh, service animals are welcome. But this is one of those opportunities for you to really try some uniquely Southern California fare. So admission is free. That's right. Another uh, free 99, not necessarily last call, but it will be last call for the opening weekend and the return of Smorgasburg, uh, Los Angeles, which actually has a good number of brand new vendors that will be joining the lineup. So uh, they have themed weekends on most Sundays. Uh, it's a great opportunity for you to head to downtown LA and be able to check out food and crafts and music and all sorts of other things um, in this free environment. Now, obviously, the food costs something, but I can tell you firsthand the delicious offerings there. The best thing to do is take a couple of your closest friends and family and all head down there together. Carpool, if you will. Um, there's parking on site at Road DTLA where it's located, but then get 
a one of everything that you can, anything that interests you, get it and share it because it really is that communal dining experience that uh, helps to communicate all the unique flavors of the Southland that are represented at Smorgasburg, LA. So that is another opportunity for you. And then one final thing is that a lot of museums will be having a free uh, on Sunday. This happens to be for a lot of museums in LA, a lot of museums in LA. Yeah, that's right. Uh, has the uh, free admission. So I will put the uh, details for uh, this again uh, this weekend with Nick.com. Uh, this weekend with Nick on Instagram and Nick Pagliocchini. The link in bio will help you out there. But you'll be able to head to a good number of museums for uh, Sunday this weekend to check them out with free admission to get in through the door. Um, you know, maybe not an exciting thing, but really a hugely educational thing is um, the Holocaust Museum. Uh, every Sunday is free for admission. Also, every day free admission at the Broad, um, just to name a couple of museums that uh, will be having that available. Also, uh, looks like you can visit um, the Museum of Latin American Art. Uh, our MOLA in uh, Long Beach, downtown Long Beach. That is every Sunday from 11 a.m. until 5 p.m. It is free admission for you there. And also the Carolyn um, Campagna uh, Kleefeld Contemporary Art Museum in Long Beach, which I've got to go find this one because this is in my own neck of the woods. Free admission every single day. So that's great. Um, but also looks like there are many other, um, you know, the Craft Contemporary in Mid-Wilshire. It looks like every Sunday, 12 and under, you're able to get in for free there. So that is another opportunity for you. Anyway, so many good things. As the new year is ramping up, more and more things are becoming available. Some people are getting a break coming out of the holiday season from 2023 into 2024. Again, thank you so much for catching this installment of This Week of Nick Pagliocchini, the podcast. Hopefully you learned something new, fun, and exciting. Uh, we're able to uh, get a little insight into a fantastic venue and an opportunity for you to support our local community by hearing from Liz Schindler-Johnson and the Grand Vision Foundation in San Pedro and also getting a little bit of background and insight from Heather Brooker, one of our news anchors at KFI, but also an incredible mother, wife, comedian, actor, and just all-around incredible person. So thank you again hugely to you. Appreciate you. This podcast would not be available if you were not tuning into it. If you have any ideas or any places that you want to feature, um, by all means, slide in my DMs on socials, Nick Pagliocchini or This Weekend with Nick. Also, you can contact me directly through my website, thisweekendwithnick.com. And uh, yeah, that's about it. I look forward to seeing you out and about this weekend.